coming up this week off screen. Jordan Peele gets creepy with us. We take a trip to the moon. Say sorry, Angel. Take off with the White Crow. Mind the gap. And enter a cradle of champions. All those to come and more off screen. This is this is off screen. Off screen. The latest film news and reviews. This is Offscreen, the Movie Marker radio show and podcast. Welcome to Offscreen, I'm Van Connor. And I am James Gunn, and I'm directing Guardians of the Galaxy 3 again. So Yay! good, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I'm also Case Allen. I wear, I wear many hats. <laughs> <laughs> many hats. Many One hats. looks like a raccoon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And that's so sad because the raccoon passed away, didn't he, recently? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's that a shame. Sucks, yeah. That raccoon did not live long enough to see James Gunn return to his throne. No, but that raccoon lives long enough than pretty much any other raccoon. Like, that's, apparently that's their, their lifespan is not very long. Is it not? I bet, I bet you didn't think we were going to talk about this. No, I didn't a, think... On a podcast about films. I did not think the yeah. raccoon life cycle was something that was going to come um, up for Oreo the raccoon lived mm. to be 10. Apparently yeah. that is... That's like three or four years older than a yeah, raccoon which... is supposed to live. Oh, yeah. okay then. That's uh, I did not know that. I, I have learned something. There we are. Yeah. Uh, so James Gunn has been restored to the directorship of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three or whatever it's actually going to be called. I think it's going to be Volume Three. Eight, I would assume so. You'd assume. Second one was Volume Two. Part of the course Volume it makes Three. Sense. Um, yeah, that's wow. Yeah. That never happens. This is this no. is crazy. So we've we've talked about James Gunn being tapped by DC. To do the suicide. We're still doing it, isn't he? That's crazy. So he'll be doing that. He's got to do that first. Mm. We said that's his priority. And then when he's ready and everything works out, he'll go over back to Marvel and do that. I'm in. I mean, the Suicide Squad does sound better than I expected it to, to be honest. I mean, Idris Elba yeah. in anything. Love me some more Smith. Yeah. And well. he, he was definitely the best thing in. Suicide Squad. A, a Suicide Squad? A Suicide Squad? Is the. Well, now we've got the. So is it a Suicide Squad? I don't one know. Of, one of the Suicide Squads? One of several Suicide Squads. Yeah. So, I mean, the cast... I mean, Dave Batista must be over the moon. Because yeah. Batista was really going to bat for James Gunn. And yeah. obviously... He wanted to be in the Suicide Squad. Well, he did. But, I Maybe mean, uh, he, he still could. Just get people from Guardians to be in the Suicide Squad. It would be great, well. wouldn't it? I mean, for, wow. for James Gunn's. I mean, don't let, don't let Chris Pratt do it because he wouldn't step out of his way for uh, for James Gunn. I mean, he prayed for him, but that was he about did. It. Yeah, thoughts and prayers. But, thoughts and prayers. Uh, yeah. yeah, thoughts and, thoughts prayers. and prayers. Yeah, because I can pay my Mastercard bill with thoughts and prayers. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, that's how it. That's how that works. So he was uh, sacked for for ten year old tweets, and evidently the story now is because he was so. Up front, you know, he owned it. He, he kept apologizing. Yeah. Apparently, his attitude to the whole thing impressed. Who was it at Disney? It wasn't uh, Alan Holmes. Bob Iger. Bob, was it Bob Iger? Yeah. Oh, okay, then. Uh, apparently, impressed him so much that he. Uh, I think possibly Alan Holmes as well. Over a series of meetings, yeah. I think. Uh, they, they they sort of unfilled. They came to an understanding, unfilled yeah. an agreement. He um, never yeah. said anything negative about Disney as well. No, he never did. And, well, anyone at Marvel, he was always just like, I understand why this has happened. I'm mm. kind of cool with it. I've written a script. They're going to yeah. use it. It's fine. Let's move on. I think his brilliantly, uh, very political statement on it was, I don't agree with the decision, but I understand it. Yeah. Which is 
Fine, yeah, yeah, cool. That's, so that's, that's fine. Yeah, that's... But that's, it doesn't matter anymore because yeah. he's back. He's back, he's so... And that's great. And apparently Marvel never tried to find a replacement filmmaker because <laughs> no. they were just like, who are we going to get? Well, I mean, I'm not going to be cynical about this. I'm just going to say that it's very convenient that uh, this has come about, you know, at the twilight hour of the more or less complete completion of the, you know, uh, Disney Fox deal. Like, almost as if, would you believe, mm. uh, the absorption of a company whose shareholders are largely quite right-wing Republicans may have had a bearing on it. Once this, they're on this board... This job has left you twisted and jaded and cynical, Van. <laughs> Where is your sense of wonder Dude. and magic? <laughs> Holly McLean is now a Disney princess. That's Come amazing. On. Ellen Ripley is a Disney. The Widows are Disney princesses. Let's uh, let's reanimate that uh, scene from Wreck-It Ralph two. With Disney- <laughs> let's just put them all in. Yeah, yeah. Just let's get Viola Davis in there as the leader of the Widows. Totally going to work. Yeah. <laughs> so before we get to uh, the uh, the box office top five, oh, we've had our film news. What am I talking about? We, we've done it. We, we? James Gunn. We, is... we did it up front. I decided to just go straight right. in. I went double gun. Do you know what's really fun? You double gunned it. You I double, did. You double barreled gun. I That's d- what you double barrel gun. Oh. Yeah. Well, I too have decided to just leap in and and take the, the forward the forward approach this week. Yeah. Um, by putting the uh, the box office top five early on in the show. What I know it's the what? first time first time we've oh done it. I think. I actually so. didn't even. That is shaking me to my core. I know. Just when you think you know how we're going to play it, <laughs> we, we, we go all... We, we Shyamalan you. We twist. Yeah. We, we, we twist this. You goddamn Shyamalan. <laughs> Shall we start it? Number five. Pow! Right in the kitchen. Fighting with my family. Which I really enjoyed. Did you? You, you had to see this? I don't think you did, did you? Fighting with my I'm family. a dad. Yo, yeah. I don't sorry. see films anymore. So you're a parent. You don't see movies. I, yes. I forget that. Until we're on Netflix. <laughs> so I'll, I'll review it in a year. I will remember to ask when it hits. Please do, because I can't wait to tell you what I think about it. Uh, it's very good. I really enjoyed it. It's uh, it's got like sentimentality and pub charm all at the same time. Yeah. In fact, in many ways, it's a nice companion piece to another film that's in the top five, which is uh, <coughs> you know that one, which we'll get to. Yeah. I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but <coughs> that one, that one, it, it's kind of like that in a way. Captain Marvel. Yeah, Captain Marvel. That's yeah. totally what I said. And uh, you heard me. <laughs> so. Um, a lot of fun. I think Florence Pew Pew is uh, terrific in it. I we need ju- to get a sound effect for that. We do. Um, we'll sort it. We'll sort it for next week. But, uh, well, she's going to be around a bit, it seems, because we'll get to the film news. We will later. get to but, the film news. Um, yeah, Jack Loudon I liked very much. He's impressing me a lot lately. Uh, Nick Frost, Lena Headey, Stephen Merchant. Uh, Davis, just a, a really fun cast in there. Um, I also quite like the small role that The Rock plays in, because obviously he's a producer, but he's got sort of cameo it's a bit of a as cameo himself. Level thing. But I, I think it's a Vince fact. Vaughn's in it. Oh, yeah, of course. Vin, Vinnie Vaughn. Forgot about him. Yeah. Vinnie Vaughn. Double Vinnie v. Vaughan. Yeah, yeah, the big V. Um, I liked it. And uh, I think everyone should see it. I think it's a very, very good movie. It was a surprise hit, actually, wasn't it? It was, yeah. And, uh, so has anyone uh, tweeted us about fighting with my family? Let's see if they share my opinion or if they have taken the complete opposite approach. Somebody has. <laughs> Go on. That uh, only took me so long just because, um, yeah, it was taking ages to load. Oh, right. And I was just like, bam, <laughs> keep talking. Keep talking, it's loading. It's fair, it's fair, it's fair. Uh, at uh, full underscore hearts yep. says, went to see Fighting with my family last night and it was a good time. And I fancied basically everyone in it. You, horn dog. Nick, Nick Frost. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh. Well, it's a handsome Absolutely. man. Absolutely. Handsome yeah. man. Uh, he's, you know. He... Hold, hold my cornetto at any time. 
Number four. Everything is Lego Movie 2, colon, the second part. And not the second piece. Not the second piece. Or the second block. Or. No, yeah. I know. It's, uh... Another block, yeah. Oh. No. I'd have gone with Lego Movie 2, Technic. <laughs> I am waiting for that Lego Technic film. Definitely. Well, there, is, um, there is quite a clever thing with Lego Movie 2, which is uh, there, there is a, a sort of, a, not really an acknowledged gag, there's mm. a sort of a, a background thing about how as the, the sister has grown up, her Lego has moved from Duplo to whatever the girl one is now. What is the current young girl's Lego thing? That Sort of like seven, eight-year-old girls it's aimed at. The um, I do know, but what is it Lego Friends? I think it might be Lego Friends, where the actual minifigs are actually, they're, they're shaped like actual people now. Yes. Yes. And then also there was like a younger, like... There was elves and things, wasn't there? There was Lego elves. Yeah. There's the Disney princess ones as mm. well. Um, yeah, not that I am a four-year-old girl. No, or anything. no, no. I just appreciate. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Nothing at all. Exactly. Don't want to offend all the four-year-old lasses listening. They're like <laughs> oh, straight to Twitter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hashtag down with this sort of thing. Um, yeah, but uh, I, I quite like that idea that of of the actual Lego itself evolving, and it's never it's acknowledged within the context of the film very early on mm. as the enemy, these alien, this alien race just kept coming back with new, more advanced technology. You know, and it's it's just that the Lego sets she's moving up yeah. in the age range. I thought that was really clever. It's pretty smart move. And yeah. I would have liked the film a lot more, I think, if that was about the level it stayed at in terms of its its smarts and humour. I think it's overambitious. I did enjoy it. I didn't enjoy it as much as I did the first movie, but I think it's too ambitious for the material it ultimately delivers. I think it's a bit messy. Nowhere near quite as precise and honed as the first movie. That first movie is really powerful. Mm. And Lego Movie 2 does feel a little bit more unnecessarily weighted, I think. But that's just my two cents. I'm, I'm very aware, you know, other opinions are available. You may, you may love it a lot more than I did. Uh, but, uh, this, this person liked it. This go, person go on. is yeah. uh, at M. Seidelman. Um, like the first Lego Movie, hashtag Lego Movie 2 is a silly ride and a fun time indeed. More songs you won't be able to get out of your head, and so many quick pop culture references, it's probably impossible to catch them all in one viewing. Um, this man has seen it 71 times. Number three. I know what boys like. I know what guys want. I know what men want. Well, bam, bam, bam. I think as we've joked a few times, if you have a 100-minute movie, well, it's not 100 minutes, it's like two hours, three, I think, or something like that. Is like, it really? I think it... It might be 150, I think, this one. Because the original What Women Want is over two hours. Yeah, um, it is, yeah. Mm. But also, I, I enjoy that as well. Nah, yeah, I mean, the other thing is, if you've got like a 100-minute movie called What Men Want, the obvious joke is, well, what do you do with the other 99 minutes? But, uh, yeah, I mean, in the case of this, it's make some not particularly earth-shatteringly funny jokes, make Taraji P. Henson as basically likeable as she always is, give Tracy Morgan a few gags and otherwise just basically kill runtime. That's basically what this is. And Poor runtime. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a film that because obviously I <laughs> did the the Atlantic flight it, recently. It is a film. It is a film. Because I did that Atlantic flight recently, I do feel like it is a film that probably would have landed better with me had I seen it on a plane. 
it does scream plain film. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. It's one. It's of not those. necessarily a bad thing. It's yeah. just I'm gonna I'm gonna kill. Basically girls. enjoyable. I know. I not bad. A few years ago, I watched The Proposal on yeah. a plane. Well, I would never see it any other place. Well, that, I enjoyed it on a plane. You're just defective as a person because The Proposal is an amazing movie. I enjoyed it on the plane. Well, it's all right. Sh- I was you quite be enjoying it in your living room, sir. That's maybe I'll sh- maybe I'll watch it again. <laughs> maybe I'll watch it on my big screen telly instead of a tiny one on the back of some guy's chair. Has, <laughs> has our tweeter for this one agreed with me, disagreed with what yeah, they thought? Uh, at uh, Van City Reynolds says, <laughs> "Shut up, Case." <laughs> um, you but, mean Josh Brolin? <laughs> uh, at I can't even say that. Ang- Agrina Med Kesha underscore. Okay. Get a catchier Twitter handle. Cool. Lady. Uh, what Men Want was a really good-ass movie. Number two. Roll the man down, mateys. Blow the man down. Roll, roll, roll your boat in the Navy. Come on and join your fellow man. Fisherman's Friends. What else could we have used for Fisherman's There's no noise for an actual Fisherman's yeah. Friend, is there? Uh, like the and a hundred over famous sea shanties. <laughs> <laughs> On three compact discs. Um, I really enjoyed Fisherman's Friends. I'm not surprised that it's gone down as well as it has. Because, I mean, I've, I've known uh, specifically older people that I know. Mm. Have, have gone to the cinema and seen this. Like, they've gone out of their way. They wouldn't normally go to the cinema. They've gone and seen this. And we're talking about people who will only really go when, like, Dad's Army becomes a movie. Or, you know, there's a new Lord of the Rings. That kind of thing. You know, and they've gone and seen Fisherman's Friends. Go back in time. Yeah. That was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I liked it. It had charm. It had wit. It was very... It was one of those sort of liltedly charming films. It's, mm. it's kind of like... It, 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 it's like a big cuddly blanket around you it's a film. big cornish jumper one of those like big thick knitted ones that is actually what Kermode said is it yeah that's actually his wow. thing I, mean, I don't know if he's actually used it in his reviews when we were in the screen that's how he described it so it looks like a big cornish jumper there we go there you go see great minds clearly think alike yeah. so uh, has anyone uh, tweeted us and what did they think at Steve Clawley he says just seen hashtag Fisherman's Friends fabulous feel good film would highly recommend it um, excellent statement terrible grammar and punctuation not a comma in sight Nil no plot. capital letters not even a full stop someone's a teacher number one Excelsior Captain Marvel which I, I really enjoyed but I don't think it's in my upper echelon of Marvel movies I know I'm in a minority on that one Calvin uh, told me this week for instance he thinks it's in the top half um, right, yeah. For me, it's around that half mark. I we're think. getting to the point of MCU, like we've said, where we're getting there with Pixar. I now mm. have to write them down. Well, 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 this is for my Ratatouille then, isn't it? This Maybe is, this is your Ratatouille. Yeah, this is my Ratatouille. Yeah. See, Ratatouille would be in my upper half. Yeah. I don't know whether Captain Marvel would be, but that's just because, like, now we're kind of at a point where there's so many good, which is so many really good MCU mm. films, yeah. that that's gone over half. Um, this is good. I did enjoy it. I enjoyed it more the second time when I saw it, so like you. Ah, right, yeah. Um, yeah, but I'm more excited to just see her again, and I'm excited for a sequel. Yeah. You're, you're excited about that bit where she met Thor in the trailer, aren't you? That's where it is. I Damn like right, this I am. One. I, li- I like romance, that's why. Yeah, yeah. that's where it is. So, um, has anyone tweeted? And I'm guessing it's uh, an ecstatic response to Captain Marvel. At Han says hi, or Han says hi. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Depending if you're at Lando or not. Mm-hmm. Um, saw Captain Marvel last night. Loved it. Definitely my favourite 
Maka movie? I think they're just supposed to Maga say... Maka movie? Or have they just misspelled MCU? They've, they've put uh, M-A-C-U. But so, because if they think it's a Maga movie, then I think they've missed the point entirely on oh, that comp- Yeah, I mean, if, if you're a fan of Maga, you probably won't be a fan of Captain Marvel. No, no. <laughs> no. Uh, and the only one I wanted to watch again right after leaving the theatre. What? Interesting. That So this, this person has seen Captain no Marvel? No Marvel movies other than <laughs> yeah. this, clearly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, then. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Offscreen, the Movie Marker radio show and podcast. And we're back, Mr. Allen. So, uh, to where shall we venture next on our cinematic travels? We should probably start reviewing things for the week, I think. We are a review show, so let's do that thing. Here's the thing. Do you like Ray Fiennes? I am a fan. Uh, I mean, I like him... I like him quite quite a bit. I I know to call him Rafe and not Val. Okay, so okay. I feel that is a mark of a true fan. Are you a fan of Russia? This is noticeably more measured, uh, more measured uh, mm. conundrum. I admit, not now, as much as Rafe. Not as not as much as Rafe finds. Exactly. Yeah. Well, he loves him. He loves him a bit of Russia. He yeah. does. And uh, old, so <laughs> old Russia though. <laughs> yeah, old Russia. Always has to be period piece Russia. This literally. Yeah. Op- this is the White Crow. This literally opens in. I think uh, it opens in the sixties with Rafe finds as uh, as Pushkin uh, in in a meeting room, being forced to answer how. Nureyev, the famous male ballet performer, had defected. And, yeah, so this has come to us from writer-director Rafe Fiennes, as well as low-level co-star Rafe Fiennes. So what else has he written and directed at this point? He did uh, Coriolanus, which did I Coriolanus. remember seeing at the cinema and lots of people walked out of. Yes, that one also. did uh, That one did not go down well, did it? I thought it was alright. I quite liked it. But... I liked Coriolanus. I thought Coriolanus yeah. was really good. Um, didn't he... Was he Charles Dickens in a film? Or am I completely misreading? It just that. feels like a role that he should have played at some point. I will look that right up. Uh, no, he directed, if I remember correctly, I think it was a year or so ago, it was The Invisible Woman, wasn't it? Yeah, where he is Charles Dickens. Oh, is that, that one where he's one? Charles Dickens? That's okay, one, yeah. fair, fair. So obviously this is his third This is his third directorial effort. Does that make it his junior year? Or I'm not sure. But, uh, I, I don't freshman, know. Freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, isn't it? So yeah. Well, being a, being a British person in Britain, we don't really have that. <laughs> fair, fair. Okay, so um, he stars as Pushkin, um, Oleg... Oh, what's his name now? Oh, it's going to come to me now. Uh, Oleg Ivenko. Sorry, that was it. Oleg Ivenko plays uh, Rudolf Nureyev. So it is the story of how Nureyev was part of the tour of the Russian ballet. It's obviously the height of the Cold War, and it's the relationships he begins to form whilst he's touring Europe with the company, and how they uh, play a factor in driving him apart from his country, how he starts to discover himself in the West, and how this will eventually lead to his defection. Uh, We have a clip. I went to the opera. When? I'm six. My mother won the lottery. She won one ticket for opera house in a farm. My three sisters, mother, me, we go together. Five people, one ticket. You got in? Yes. All of you? I love the chandelier, the velvet curtain, the smell, the people together. I think that's my life. So I really dug this. Didn't expect oh, to. It's a very long film, though. 
Um, I should mention, we had a bit of an admin fault with this. So the FDA had listed it to us as two hours and 22 minutes. <laughs> and so we all sat there bracing ourselves, mentally mm. prepared for two hours and 22 minutes. And the movie clocked in at just over, just over two hours. So it did right. feel, it came, it came out as being shorter <laughs> than we'd expected. And yet the second act of it is really laboured. It's a gorgeous movie. Mm. I mean, you know, Ray Fiennes can shoot the hell out of it. He, he really does. And, you know, great performance from him. There's, uh, there's some nuance to his character as well that hints at some deleted elements. But I do feel like this is a film that has, A, been trimmed already, mm. and B, needs a lot more trimming. Um, Oleg Ivenko, as, uh, as Nureyev, I think is tremendous. I think he's really good. He's got, physically, he looks quite a bit like Sebastian Stan. I yeah, I was literally just going to say that. He does, he looks yeah, like him, doesn't he? That's it? really weird. And he's got that sort of, that uh, you know, that soft style that, that Sebastian can, can utilise so well. Mm. He has the same kind of thing. Um, I thought he was really tremendous in it. And I thought uh, Adele Exapocalypse, Exapocalypse? Exar, <laughs> Exarcopolis, Exarcopolis, I believe, from Blue is the Warmest Colour. Um, oh, as right. not quite the love interest so much as uh, a, a, a kindred spirit, as much as a confidant, and you know, a, a, a becomes quite a trusted friend. I think she's really good in it as well. Now, I didn't realise it was the same actress from Blue Is the Warmest Colour, and uh, I, I thought her performance was terrific. But as far as Ivanko goes, he's got he's got the performance down. Not only as far as the actual the the, the, the nuances of the character are, but the physicality of it is really impressive. So when he's doing the dance sequences and stuff like that. He's really got it. He's got that absolute that gimme of the, you know that ruthless discipline of the of you know the primo ballerina. You know, I was a ballerina. Can you say ballerina if it's a man? I believe so. Yeah, okay. he's got the prima ballerina thing down. Yeah. Um, absolutely got that intense discipline, like visibly intense. Loved it. I thought it was great. Um, I say uh, Ray Fiennes directs the hell out of it. I think in terms of writing, it's a little bit bloated in that second act. Mm. But the third act, which is basically the defection, is just badass. Has he written it by himself, or do you have a co-writer on it? Um, right. No, actually, tell a lie. I've just realised he's not written this. He's the playwright David Hare has written this. Sorry, it's, oh. yeah, my bad. So, sorry, Dave. Oh, we're always letting David Hare down. We always are, aren't we? Oh, always letting our hair down. Oh, always letting our hair down, yeah. But So that's The White Crow. That's out Friday. Um, recommended, definitely. Uh, but I say, do prepare yourself if he's, like that second act does go on a bit. Yeah. Bring a cushion. Bring a cushion. Yeah. Bring a cushion for Pushkin. So... <laughs> What have you got for me? Cushion for the pushkin. More cushion for the pushkin. Pushkin. I can't top that. No. What have you got in the, in the film news for you, Mister Allen? Well, we quick. were talking about the Black Widow movie last week. Yes, and, we were. Uh, potential people that are going to be co-star. Memory serves that was wasn't it Emma Watson? Yeah. And I only remember Emma Watson and Florence Pew Pew. Well, guess what. Guess what? It's not Emma Watson. Ah, good. Uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, Florence Pew Pew. We will have a sound effect for that. We will. We will at some indeed. point. Yeah, yeah. She, yeah, she's she's going to be in my word. Apparently, she's going to be playing. Get this, a spy. Oh my god, I'm oh. I'm shocked. Do we think this is going to be a period piece or not, Black Widow? I think it is. Yeah, uh, they've not confirmed if it's going to be a prequel or if uh, it's going to be after Endgame. I would assume it would be a prequel. I'll be really honest. I'm still a little disappointed we didn't get the Neil Marshall version of this that he he wanted to make. What was what was that? What, Neil what, Marshall what, what wanted a proper R-rated Black Widow movie, like on the cheap. Yeah. It, um, it will not be R-rated. Oh, it, God, it no. probably will be quite cheap. Oh, I don't. Well, know. that's not to say that it won't be good. I'm sure that it will be. I'm oh, sure it'll be excellent. I, I just want like a cool spy film. 
Yeah, that's it. I feel like I want a film about real non-powered characters. Yes, with Black Widow, I don't. This is their opportunity to do that. Yeah, I think we need. They need to get down more of the Agents of Shield when they did actual (laughs) non-powered episodes and how good. Just with some money and better special effects. Yeah, exactly. Which I believe is also known as oh, Captain Marvel. Um, So uh, should we move on to the next review? (laughs) Then on Captain Marvel, but also weirdly a compliment. (laughs) That's a compliment and a slap in the face in one go. Let's be honest. So, uh, next review then, let's talk about Sorry Angel, which is the new release this week. New film from director Christopher Honore. Uh, this is kind of not really a May to December romance. That's a French film, uh, LGBT story, I think it might be Peccadillo. Um, the story of an older writer named Jacques and a young student mm. named Arthur. They fall head over heels in love and there's, there's something of a... It feels like if this was in the English language, Ethan Hawke would have starred in this. It's, it's got that feel to it's very 90s link later you know what I mean right and it's it's you know this relationship that instantly forms between you know the older experienced writer and the younger more impulsive student and to be honest outside of their connection with each other they have their stories are kind of separate and it's Mm. about the times that they intersect and overlap where they catch up every now and again they you know they exchange phone calls and sort of update each other on their lives but there is this lingering love story underneath it all um I, I, we haven't got a clip obviously because it's even french but uh, i thought it was a great movie this i thought it had genuine heart but i think uh i think the performance from uh, pierre i'm gonna have to please forgive my butchering this pronunciation <laughs> pierre della donchon Ooh, oh, that was oh, slick, huh? Pierre de la oh. I thought his performance was absolutely tremendous. Uh, Vincent Lacoste is very good as well, but I don't think as impressive as uh, de la Duchamp. But <laughs> keep, keep saying it. See, de la Duchamp. <laughs> and if you do it in the Dennis Leary way, it's de la Duchamp, de la Duchamp, de la Duchamp, de la Duchamp. <laughs> there we are. Um, I say, gorgeous looking film. Um, I think it has. Uh, I'm trying to remember the actual place it's, it's set, because it's not, surprisingly for a French film, it is not set in Paris mm. for a change, which is nice. Makes her some very, very, very variety, some variance. Um, but, really intriguing film. I did think ever so slightly over long, and I say that because it's two and a quarter hours long. Oh. Yeah, it's a bit much. So, don't do a double bill of this in the white crow. Yeah, don't. Don't do that. Um, I, I would say you could have ditched 40 minutes of this easy. Um, to be fair, that does take it down to about 90, which is the magic number. So, <laughs> yeah, um, worth checking out. I uh, I had some laughs with it, actually. I, I looked funnier than I expected it to be. There's uh, some quite morbid humour in it at times. Mm. and Because there is an <laughs> HIV element in play as well, so there's a certain innate level of uh, morbidity that sort of comes with it. But it does have charm. It does have genuine charisma. And I, I, I really liked it. With the latest film news and reviews... <laughs> This is Offscreen, the Movie Marker radio show and podcast. And we're back, Mr. Allen. So, to where are we voyaging next? I say this because I've not got the notes up in front of me. Uh, a film. Called a film. One. Imaginative. Yeah, I was going to do a TV show, and I thought, <laughs> no, it's Game of Thrones in back yet. Uh, Minding the Gap. Ah, Minding the Gap, the Oscar-nominated uh, documentary by, I believe, Bing Liu. Yeah, no. right. Sure. All I knew about it was that it was a documentary. It was nominated for an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Has it? Has nothing to do with the London Underground, if that's what you're wondering. So, I don't. Unlike you, I don't concept London on my mind. What? Minding the gap. Where else yeah. do you ever hear the term mind the gap? 
other than you know trains I suppose maybe sometimes I'm resisting the urge to say something sexual (laughs) you hold yourself back sir (laughs) you hold that silver tongue back (laughs) Um, so it's a debut feature from Bing Lou this is uh, a documentary that initially seems to you you believe is going to be about skateboarding (laughs) but is in fact kind of a character piece about this group of friends who are connected by their love of skateboarding and then becomes sort of biographical to in as regards each of them um i say it was nominated for uh, the, the academy award for best documentary this year uh here's a clip are you gonna put me smoking weed maybe I don't think just to do it. I've given you free range. I mean, I... I have no stipulations. I've always needed more out of life. More out of where I was. You know, my parents ran this very controlling house. And so I ran away a lot. By, like, 16, I was no longer living with my parents, like, at all. I just wanted to escape. That voice uh, there is Zach Mulligan. He is, uh, I would say, the most larger-than-life character of the group of friends. Um, He's also a colossal douchebag. Um, And and the movie really does try to make something of that. And the only problem is you do kind of come away from it thinking, I have literally just spent an hour and 33 minutes watching this alcoholic, woman-beating sociopath glamorize himself Um, he's a bag of douches he is a bag filled with every douche um this is a problem We, we are reaching a stage in which filmmaking technology has become so affordable so portable so convenient so easy to use you've i mean you've you've seen videos i've edited it is it's so easy to build something that can look the part now that really a lot is sliding through. There is no circumstance I can fathom whereby this is in any way deserving of an award for anything, let alone a nomination for an Oscar. It has YouTube-grade sort of skateboarding footage combined with really, really disparate segments of what I can only describe as millennial whining. And I say that because we're both millennials, so... Yeah, I won't hear that I am an octogenarian <laughs> trapped in a... No, you're artisanal. artisanal. That's what you're artisanal. <laughs> I'm an artisanal. You know? <laughs> that's, that's exactly how I would describe yeah, it. Yeah, you're, you're not wrong. Case Allen. Oh, he's an artisanal. An artisanal. Yeah. Wow. But, uh... um, yeah, um, compared to some of the other documentaries that were not nominated. Yes, for... it's astounding. Yeah. That it's such a strong year, and like yeah. so many great ones were left out. This is it. Look it at "Won't You Be My Neighbor," for instance. And uh, three identical strangers. Yes, yeah. and that I I cannot wrap my head around how this got anywhere near the love. And I know <laughs> film critic friends of mine have have really gone all in on it. James King, for instance, who obviously went all in on Free Solo mm. because he knew a sure thing when he saw it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he's gone all in on this. I don't get it, but you know what? If I'm in the minority on this one, I am absolutely fine being the Kevin Mayer on this one. Okay, I will be the only guy who doesn't like this because I really didn't. I thought this was unimpressive, to say the least. Mm. And if you want to amp that up just a little bit, I would say troubling in the uh, unwarranted attention that it affords 
specifically a kind of person who should not be given said attention. There right. is some absolutely horrible stuff in this documentary that is dealt with so offhandly that you do come thinking, wow, okay, we're doing that. Uh, terrible people, terrible people. But, uh, you know, or, or, you know, at least Bing Lu, he seems like a nice chap. This and, is all right. And he, he has a very touching... Uh, moment with his mum before he rakes her over the coals and rips her personal life open cold but yeah you know it didn't really do it for me if I'm honest I I, I wanted I thought the Oscar nom meant that it would guarantee me a certain level of good yeah it, it didn't to be honest and the skateboarding stuff looked the part but I really didn't see anything that I haven't seen on YouTube or a Red Bull video you know I can't imagine you being one of those kids like watching like Skate videos and having <laughs> skate tapes that were passed around. And stuff no, like I was that. not. My sister played Whoa. my sister played Tony Hawk on a PS One kind of thing. I I, as as thing. did I. Yeah, uh, I was more oh. Bruce Willis's Apocalypse on the PS One. You know, <laughs> which I still maintain is the best video game in the history of the PS One. But uh, yeah, anyway. Also, first game to actually star an actor. True story. Was it actually? Yeah. Ah. But, well, I mean, in terms of them actually physically being mo-captain on the screen, I believe. And Bruce Willis. And it's Bruce Willis to call himself Bruno. Yes, very That's true. That's a fact. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, under the boardwalk. Anyway, <clears throat> so, uh, got any film news for me before we move on to the next? Let's just move on to the next, and I'm going to savour the next bit of film news. Okay, you're going to savour it. Okay, yeah. so. I'll, I'll say that because I don't know what it is yet. <laughs> <laughs> but if I say that, it sounds like I've got something really good. No, no, I can absolutely understand that. So, uh, our next release this week is A Trip to the Moon. Um, this, is, uh, <laughs> this is a little bonkers, I'm not going to lie. Okay, so. Um, Spanish language film, written and directed by Joaquin Cambrai. Um, mercifully, this one is not overlong. This okay. one is uh, a tidy... 87 minutes, would you believe, which is... That's a good runtime for a film, isn't it? Yeah. So, this is the story of young Tomas. He is, uh, I think he's about 13, 14 years old. Uh, Kind of an outcast, kind of an odd teenager. Bit Mm. weird, you know, a bit... Yeah, you know, strange. Yeah. And uh, well, he's he's been forced to take antipsychotic medication by his mother. His oldest his older sister is uh, really only interested in getting really only interested in getting ploughed by a boyfriend in the pantry. And uh, his dad's a workaholic. You know, it's just one of those things. And um, the idea is that the family are preparing to go on a holiday, and he decides, no, what we need to do is take a trip to the moon. So he builds himself a spaceship. Uh, not an actual spaceship. He builds one out of like egg cartons and cardboard boxes, and then locks his family inside it. And that, uh, the, but the, the gimmick though, the central conceit is, in a manner I haven't actually seen done really since Rugrats. Okay, he, uh, we actually see the ship as an actual rocket ship. Mm. So it looks like an actual NASA rocket ship. Wow. But, you know, in the next shot, it cuts back and it is egg cartons and cardboard boxes. It's it's a Rugrats. It's the Rugrats gimmick. You know, it's that old chestnut. Okay. And, uh, well, it's the weird thing. There is next to no information about this movie. It, it's really strange. Was, was this a dream you had? I, I mean, it's really trippy at times, so it absolutely could be. Um... But there's next to no information on this. I mean, there's, there's no cast list. Couldn't tell you who plays anyone. Really? We didn't get any press notes because they're not being emailed through yet. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I did think it was bonkers. 
I did think it was quite likable, though. I did think it had its moments where you go, oh, that's quite, that's cute, that's clever. That's okay. yeah. It does have its moments. It is a bit out there. It is a Spanish language film, so obviously we have no clip. I think the young actor who plays Tomas is uh, actually pretty good. And I think, he's, I think he's just got this otherworldly presence. He reminded me a lot of uh, the Book of Henry. Who was the first kid in Book of Henry? Jacob Lieberherder or something like that? Lieberherder? Yeah, the kid that's also in It. In It. Isn't he in Stranger Things as well? He's, he's he has that look. Yeah. Finn we, Wolfhard is. Finn Wolfhard. Yeah, but Finn Wolfhard's in everything. Yes, he is. Yeah. He's got to be in a new Ghostbusters. He is. Uh, he has something of that kind of a Finn... Uh, uh, Finn Wolfhard? <laughs> Lieberherder uh, quality to him. Uh, I liked it very much. I don't think it's a Saturday Night at the Multiplex crowd pleaser, but if you're passing a Curzon, definitely check it out. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Offscreen, the Movie Marker radio show and podcast. And we're back for one last ride, Mr. Allen. So uh, it's time for the biggie, you know. <laughs> yeah, and we are going to talk about them. Them. That's what it's called. Yeah. Them. Them. Them there. <laughs> them there. So, yeah. So, uh, Jordan Peele's Us finally opens uh, this week after, well, much anticipation and uh, was had a month's delay, didn't it? Was it supposed Don't to be? It? Was it supposed to be February? I think at one point it was end of January, beginning of February, and then it got pushed so that it could premiere at South by Southwest because A Quiet Place had done that, and A Quiet Place got so much buzz on the back of South by Southwest that uh, the powers that be in their infinite <laughs> wisdom thought, hey, we have a horror movie too. Let's do the same thing. So, Jordan Peele's second directorial, that is literally what How happened. How can you celebrate this and then poop all over another really good film? That literally happened. Oh, that right. is the What's dumbest thing I've ever heard. <clears throat> yeah, anyway. People, people are dumb. Donald Trump is president. That's true. It's a Jordan Peele movie. This thing was getting anticipation regardless. That's true. This thing does kind of sell itself after it yeah. gets out. The last one got an Oscar. Mm. <laughs> the last one got out. <laughs> yes, the last one literally got out and got to the Oscars. There you go. So, uh, second directorial effort from Sir Jordan of Peele's. Um, this one follows Winston Duke and Blue Peter Nyong'o as an African-American couple who basically decide, they decide to take their kids to their, their lake, their beach house. Mm. Beach house lake. To take them to their, their beach house, you know, for the, the summer vacation. Their beach house by the lake. Yeah, beach house by the lake. You know, that's how it <laughs> yeah. works, yeah. Not the lake house, because Keanu Reeves is busy. And no sooner they get there, though, uh, then suspicious things begin to occur <laughs> and they begin to get terrorised by what appears to be their own doppelgangers. Here's a clip of Blue Peter Nyong'o uh, basically trying to, you know, explain exactly what she's what she's fearing at this moment. You know how sometimes things line up? Yeah. You know, like coincidences. Since we've been here, they've been happening more and more. I think I feel like it means that she's getting closer. Who? Oh. Girl. You don't believe me. I, 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 I do. I do. I'm, I'm processing. Okay? Just... Can't believe you kept all this inside for so long. You 
you know I'm here, right? So Jordan Peele's back with his second movie, and uh, I think we can all agree Get Out was something of a rousing success. And, well, on the, you know, auteur-level breakout hit to second movie scale, you know, the one that runs all the way from, like, Donnie Darko to, you know, Donnie Darko and Southland Tales all the way to, like, uh, uh, Sixth Sense and Unbreakable. This is a lot more in the Unbreakable end of the spectrum. Uh, it's a little bit dafter than Get Out was, but it's a lot bigger in terms of scope, only a minor leap in terms of scale. I don't want to say too much because it's one of those movies that you can you can spoil very, very easily. I mean, even the marketing only covers sort of the first first hour of it I would say and then there's an entire half of the movie that you know nothing about and believe me it'll knock you for six um, Lupin Nyong'o absolutely terrific in it uh, Winston Duke a hell of a switch over from Black Panther playing more of a, a dad bod kind of loungy slothy kind of guy but uh, really liked him in it as well I love the child actors uh, Elizabeth Moss I thought it was quite fun in there as well I just thought it was a really really damn good cast and one of the things about them though is uh, well there's a sort palpable sense of how this horror movie family and this is just a straight horror movie by the way none of the genre leaping of the last one like it says uh this is a lot more focused as a sort of a horror movie albeit one that's relatively scare free um one of the things i love those i say uh, i like the idea that there's sort of a, a palpable sense of how the horror movie family kind of works day to day as a family you know outside of the existence of just being a horror movie family. There was real depth in the performances, real depth in the writing and in the direction. There's some great iconography in there, like there's iconography involving scissors and rabbits, and it's just a really great movie. I say I can't say too much about it. It is absolutely superb. It's for my money. I think it's a better time than Get Out. I think it's more. It's a little clunkier, but it's a lot more easygoing and fun. I feel like it's a lot softer with its undertones than Get Out is. And whether or not that makes it sillier or not, it's, it's, I think it's personal preference. I, I sort of took it as half and half. Uh, had a great time with it, though. I love the sort of more 80s feel of it, whereas Get Out felt a bit more 70s inspired. I just thought it was a terrific film. It makes an absolute icon of Lupita Nyong'o for me all over again. Um, hell of a movie. Probably my favourite film of this year so far. So, film of the week then? Well, yeah. what else is it going to be? <laughs> White Crow? I mean, I, I, so. liked, I liked White Crow. I just, that second <laughs> act really, really needed trimming down. Yeah. But, and uh, this is great. Well, I mean, Jordan Peele, you, you kind of get an inkling of what to expect with it. Uh, it's something that doesn't quite hold up to uh, uh, a really intense scrutiny, I don't think. A lot of people have pointed out that if you start yeah. looking at the film too too sharply, the cracks do form. And, it's, uh, and it is more of a straight horror film than Get Out was. It's apparently, it comes down to Jordan Peele having uh, taken issue with people not quite getting the cross-genre element of right. Get Out, so this is a bit more conventional in that that sense. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be huge, isn't it? Let's be honest, you're not going to get yeah. to see this on a Saturday night, it's going to be sold out. But if it is sold out, by all means, check out The White Crow. <laughs> you know, just you have, know, have a great time. Take that cushion for the push <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, let's have a look. Next week, what have we got to come? We've got... Uh, is it Rupert Wyatt that's directed Captive State? It is. And if you've not heard of it, that's fine. Because yeah. the marketing's been rubbish. I know. I mean, it came out in the yeah. US two weeks ago. And there's been, like, barely any it's coverage. It's kind of done nothing, unfortunately. And it stars John Goodman. It's an alien invasion <clears throat> societal drama starring John Goodman. John Goodman, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know what else is out next week, though? What's that? The documentary, Being Frank, the Chris Ivey story. Chris Ivey? Chris Ivey? 
Perceiving. Yeah, yeah. Perceiving. Yeah. Now, that is a documentary. Again, James King, because he knows a winner when he sees it on his documentaries. Yep. He's been much trumpeting this. Um, Willem Defriend returns in <laughs> at Eternity's <laughs> Gate next Willem week. Willem Defriend, not Willem Defoe. Exactly. Um, I'll be honest with you, I'd almost forgotten about At Eternity's Gate. And he was nominated for an Oscar for it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, this is this the last movie that's coming out from the Oscars this year? Because there's always that one. Over it? here, yeah. Yeah, that's like, we get that one every year. That's yeah, the it was, last like, it was one like I, Tonya, came out like the day after <laughs> the Oscars. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. I think it was uh, Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, I think, came out something like, was meant to be an Oscar contender, then came out like three was months not, later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When it was decided that it very much was not that. Uh, we also have Eaten by Lions next week, which is a British comedy, I believe. We have Out of Blue. We have Three Faces, which I believe is directed by your man, by the way, Sujafar Panahi. I hate saying that name. Oh, I'm looking forward to next week, Alan. Uh, I'm looking forward to next week. Well, you're uh, saying of, it. Lords of Chaos is next week, and the long-awaited reunion of Batman and the Penguin. Dumbo is next week. Yes. <laughs> I'll be honest. I think Dumbo looks really sweet, and I'm look. I can't. I think I feel like I'm the only person actually looking forward. To it. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I, I'm expecting. A, you know, I'm expecting a good movie that will break me emotionally. It looks like Big Fish. And also, I have one lingering question that I really need answering, and only seeing the film is going to answer that question. What's the question? What are they going to do about the racist crows? What are they going to Great, I've great seen, I've done seen everything, but I ain't never seen no elephant fly. <laughs> <laughs> Where are my pink elephants? Where well, I smoke a cigar. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so we've got all those coming and more next week off screen. In the meanwhile, this has been the Candy Store production for Movie Marker. I've been Van Connor. I've been the White Crow. And we shall return. Just show me the way to get out of here, and I'll be on my way. You've been listening to Offscreen. For more movie news, reviews, and more, visit moviemarker.co.uk. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. Podcast extras. So, fun to come. I mean, we've still got a review. We've got to do Cradle of Champions, which is an HBO boxing documentary. Um, but in fact, do you want to do that first? Let's get it out of the way. way. Okay. <laughs> Jinx by me, Coke. Anyway, so uh, Cradle of Champions, new documentary about the Golden Gloves tournament, which is, uh, I think it's held at Madison Square Garden. It is the up-and-comer contest. It is the, uh, you know, the the multi-tiered championship that finds, you know, the next big name to enter the big leagues, you know, to go on and and pursue the sport. Um, I'll be honest with you, I mean, it follows a crop of, uh, I mean, we've got a clip I'll play in a moment, it follows a crop of would-be <laughs> contenders, it takes us through their stories, what's driving them to be there, what's going through their mind as they actually are there, and of course, how they fare when they are there. Yeah. In which case, here's a clip. Tonight, the Daily News welcomes you to the Golden Gloves, the world's oldest and largest amateur boxing tournament. If he's out of the gym, he's in trouble. Amateur boxing, you never lose. You either win or you learn. Every time I used to get a champion, I'd say, I beat the street. But when somebody gets killed out there, the street beat me. If I become Golden Glove champion, sky's the limit. Now, I liked this very much. I, I mean, I, I because I, I'm, I'm a fan of boxing anyway. Incidentally, Creed 2 is out on DVD on Monday. So, yay! <laughs> um, and you know how much I love me some Creed 2. That movie broke me emotionally. I really enjoy it. However... Mm. The version that I saw yeah. did not have subtitles. Ah, that's the worst. And there's quite a bit of Russian. Ah, you mean the big scene at the dinner table, don't you? 
Yeah. Particular. So I, yeah. I had to try to like infer quite a bit. You, you do kind of get it. It's, it's visually, it's quite I, well. I think I did, but hopefully, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll probably just buy my DVD. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you absolutely should. It's a great movie. Um, but Cradle of Champions. I think it, it it is interesting. I think if you you are someone that does find boxing inherently interesting, I do to be honest. Then you can find you do have an accessibility with mm. this. You know, it is an engaging enough story. I think if you're someone that doesn't quite warm to the sport of boxing as it is chronicled on screen, I don't think this is going to be the movie that that you know wins you over. Mm. Uh, but you know that's true with more like, you know, that happens all the time yeah. if you're not really into superhero movies Captain Marvel isn't going to win you over you know that old yeah, chestnut that, you know um, very good for what it is though I mean it is a nuts and bolts HBO documentary you know the usual HBO sports doc there's nothing mind blowing in the in the cinematic pantheon being wheeled out for this it, mm. it's it, it's the it's the shooting style that you've come to expect from these things it's very much as if it was just you know filmed in tandem with you know an actual match it's, it's fine it's perfectly fine <laughs> it's not an amazing movie it's not a bad movie i thought it's it's, it's a thing it's a 3 out of 5 you know Oh, right. yeah. that's not bad. It's not I mean, bad. That's, that's not the meatloaf song, but it's close enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, two out of three ain't bad. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I liked it. I guess yeah. it just wasn't really devastatingly blown away. So not Cradle of Champions, but like Cradle of like Cradle of Mild Achievers. Yeah, but that's what I aspire to. <laughs> mild achievements. Yeah. <laughs> Because you don't want to aim too high. Exactly, yes. Important to have realistic goals, isn't it? So, um, can we talk about Chris Nolan's new movie? Uh, Yeah, what do you want to say about it? Because we don't know anything. Well, we know it's cast. We know he's cast somebody, somebody amazing, that I think should be in the film. Well, in the time we've been sat here, he's cast someone else as well. You are joking me. Who is that person? Because I generally don't know. Let's talk about the first one. John David Washington. That's exciting. Yeah. The Black Klansman himself. Yeah, the, 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 the soon to be uh, Green Lantern. <laughs> yeah, the soon to be Green Lantern. Never yeah. yeah. Um, he's also cast, bust this, Robert Pattinson. Has he really? That's he interesting. Has. Have you noticed that Robert, pa- Robert Pattinson's name has come about a lot lately in connection like with rumours of different projects? Batman. And Batman in particular seems to come up often. I'd be fine with it. I really like him. It's just everyone, because the Twilight films are so big... Everyone is just going to be like, ugh, sparkly vampire. There's Bruce Wayne. But then he'll be Bruce Wayne and he'll probably be great. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. I think he'll do it. So, um... Here's, oh, that's interesting. Here's a bit of uh, news that uh, is close to our hearts. So, Nicholas of Cage. I was going to say, what has Nick done now? He has, uh, he has been cast in a movie called Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> <laughs> Please allow and me. He plays Mike Jujitsu. Oh no! Please, no, no. He plays Jake Jujitsu. <laughs> right, literally. This Jake. is the, this is literally the plot of Jujitsu, which incidentally, from the director of Kickboxer Retaliation, you know, Amazing. the, so the, the, the sequel to the, the reboot yeah. of yeah. yeah, right. Set in a world where every six years, an ancient order of expert jiu-jitsu fighters face a fearsome extraterrestrial invader in a battle for Earth. Yeah. Oh my God! I for millennia, the fighters this. who protect Earth have played by the rules until now. And yeah, so uh, <laughs> it is. Oh, but he's not Jake. Alan Mousset from uh, the Kickboxer reboots. He's playing Jake, who's going to be like the main sort of fighter. He, uh, Cage will be a member of the team named, bust this, Wiley. Wiley. Kylie with a W. What does bust this mean? 
Get this. Ah. Or brace yourself. Really? Never heard it no. before. No. I used that Peep this, often. I've heard. Peep this, bust this. Bust this. <laughs> Get a bust to this. Don't you remember Chasing Amy? Remember Chasing Amy? Do I remember Chasing Amy? Yes, I remember Chasing Amy. Right, a movie that I can literally quote, the, the, that I can reel off the script for. And yeah. I, the very, the opening I feel scene, like you could do the entire Amy scene. Oh, well, that, yeah, yeah, definitely. I think I actually had a, a page of the script framed on the wall. No, I had the opening. I had the Hooper X opening. I, I had that scene hmm. uh, in like a comic thing as, as a big poster. It was awesome. Oh, is it from the Chasing Dogma book? It was, yeah. 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 That, oh. that book that then got completely undermined by the existence of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. But let's move but, up. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, um, there is a, when Hooper X is doing his uh, anti-Star Wars speech, or Star Wars' racist speech, at the very beginning of Chasing Amy, one of the things he, one of the things he <laughs> What's actually, a Nubian? Yes. Yeah. But one of the things he says is, bust this. Those movies is about how the white man keeps the brother man down, even in a galaxy far, far oh, away. So there yeah, you go. of course. Yeah, I didn't realize. Maybe I need to watch that again. Oh. I've, it's been some years since I've seen that. Oh, I'm doing the whole Viewers Universe before uh, before reboot. Jane Silent Bob reboot. Do you know what I think I was? Well, I showed uh, my friend Alex. I showed him uh, Jane Bob Strike Back because he'd never seen it. Oh, in fact, the, I think the only Kevin Smith film he'd seen was yeah. Dogma. Well, he loved it. A lot of people have only seen Dogma though. It's straight because that was the most mainstream one. Is it the film for connection as well? But like, just loads of British people have seen it. I don't even think it was that. A lot of people. It's because it had minor controversy when it opened because it had that that yeah. thing about the the, the Catholicism, the, the the parental groups, whatever it was. Yes. Yeah. People but, protesting uh, film, including Kevin Smith. But yeah, Channel yeah. Four did go quite big on it actually as well in terms of coverage. I remember Movie Watch was on telly at the time, which was an old film review program that I yeah. believe Johnny Vaughan used to present. And uh, actually, I thought it was a pretty good show. I was sad to see it go. But uh, they were quite big on dogma, right? Dogma's dogma's great. I like dogma. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to Vibo. If only to just be like, oh, it's that person again. <laughs> yeah, I, I've seen that. Uh, Jason Lee is back in Brody costume. Yes, and Dante Hicks is back. Yes, uh, because I think is it Brian O'Halloran. I think that's the actor. Yeah, that's the actor, Dante. Yeah. He is doing one of the London Comic Cons this year. Right. He put out like a video PSA for it, and I was just watching it, thinking that is the least enticing guest. What getting uh, Dante? <laughs> you know, getting no, you you go there just to hear him say, "I'm not even supposed to be here today." You would, wouldn't that's, you? That's for your only reason. <laughs> yeah, no pictures of uh, Randall. But yeah, I really hope that Jeff Anderson does it. No, as far as I there know, there was an he's... issue with him because that's the mm. reason why we didn't do Clerks Three. He has, as far as I know, he did refuse. Yeah, but, that's uh, a shame. I don't know. I think it's because the character is so much fun. It only makes sense that the actual actor would be a bit more miserable git. But... Possibly, yeah. But yeah. Um, Well, like, Kevin Smith wrote it because he wanted to be Randall, didn't he? He Randall has the best lines. You're not up to date with the, the DC superhero shows, are you, at the moment, this moment in time? I'm not, but also I'm a bit like, eh. mm. like I'll catch up eventually. Right. Uh, this week saw the debut of John Cryer as Lex Luthor on Supergirl. Was that really this week? That was this I week. Saw, I saw a picture of him. Maybe he was in like a jail cell or something. Yeah. yeah. He, the idea is obviously because Supergirl is set something like 14 years after Superman you know, debuted in the made his immediate appearance yeah. in the world. All the iconic Superman stuff has already happened long before that series yeah. starts. So Lex is in prison for the bull. You know, has been in prison for years. Yeah. Uh, he's now released in Supergirl with like kryptonite cancer. You know, the, the oh. cancer brought on by kryptonite poisoning from all the stuff he's tried to do with Superman over the years. And, you know, curing him is part of the plot. 
But of course, the irony of all of this is, you know, John Cryer is, as is par for the course with Supergirl's guest stars, a Superman legacy. He was a number four. He was. He was. Uh, oh God, I can't Lenny. Remember. Lenny. That's Lenny it. Luther. Yeah. 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 Lenny Luther. And uh, a part of the reason, <laughs> part of the reason he took the role apparently was to redeem himself for, to Superman fans. That's Fair enough. Said. Yeah. Um, the performance. That film, film is just insane. the film's terrible. Yeah. But John Cryer is a goddamn brilliant Lex Luthor. And I am really? not exaggerating. He, I mean, Spacey was good as Lex Luthor, but that was kind of an easy win for him. Like, he could do that in his sleep. Gene Hackman no, no, made for a... Redacted was... Oh, yeah, Redacted yeah. was Redacted, amazing yeah. as Lex Luthor because he could do that in his sleep. But uh, John Cryer, wow. Yeah. We may have accidentally stumbled on something there. That is Interesting. Really, really good, good. casting. And I might just watch one of the recent episodes. Just I would watch this last Supergirl episode. Um, but they have gone hard in on the comic book sort of mythology of Lex Luthor as well, mm. in terms of the things he's done. So mm. even down to that, the Kryptonite cancer, which is obviously kind of an iconic thing in the yeah. comics. All those shows are really good at just like paying homage to either the comics or yeah. different iterations of the characters, which is really good. Sticking with DC then, can we talk about why I hate Ezra Miller this week? I know why, but go on. Well, I mean, I, I know one of the reasons why. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the reason changes every week. Why I hate Ezra Miller literally. Changes I know the every most. Re- I know the most recent reason. Please en- enlighten me now. So he is supposed to be reprising his role <laughs> as the Flash. In yeah. is it now called Flashpoint? They said it was going to be called no. Flashpoint. Because it's had four different filmmakers. The most recent yeah. ones are the guys that did Game Night. Wrote Spider-Man Homecoming, uh, John Francis Daly. John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein, I think. Jonathan Goldstein, yeah. yeah. Who... Sweets from Bones. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah, Sweets oh from God, Bones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you Hollywood Wilson. That's how I call yeah. it. Um, yeah. Yeah, they've been tapped to uh, direct it. Mm. Amazing fit. Yeah, it works. Apparently they are clashing with Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller's contract to play the character is up in May. Yes. As a last chance kind of Hail Mary mm. uh, stab at being Flash. He's decided to write the film himself. <laughs> I'll write my own Flash movie with yeah. Blackjack and Hookers. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> have you heard who he's teaming up with to do it? No, I know that he's... Is, is it some comic book writer? It's Grant Morrison who... Oh, know, is it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's teamed up with Grant Morrison to write the movie. And, well, Grant Morrison brings a certain level of aggression and darkness with him. They've said that it's going to be a darker take. But That's surely the, thing, the whole point yeah. where you get those two filmmakers is to make it lighter. And Warner's... After Aquaman and Shazam, oh. also it's clearly the Flash. Wants to make... It's a Flash. Flash yeah. is not a darker character. It can be an emotional character, yeah. especially all Flashpoint stuff. But I want to ever say dark. But uh, yeah, so... especially after his take on the character has been like ADD, but... yeah, and mm. jokey and funny. Yeah, well, but trying to be funny. What does consistency matter? It's the DCEU. Anyway, speaking of which, ah, oh, do you remember that Cyborg movie we were promised? I don't know about you, but I've been I've been waiting. I've I've been sat here on the edge of my goddamn seat, that being waiting yet? for this. Uh... We we had a date for it like years ago. Yeah, didn't we? Tw- did we say twenty twenty or twenty twenty? It has it has a release date. It has a logo. A logo for a logo. Sake. A logo. That's happening. I mean, they they're prepared for this. Yeah, uh, it's not happening. <clears throat> oh, have we officially cancelled it now? Well, Ray Fisher's no longer cyborg, and the movie's not happening. Apparently, they do expect Flash to go the same way, but we wish uh... we see. I mean, I like it kind of sucks for them because, mm. like, Aquaman got it and made loads of money. And right, yeah. I, I just need to let, let's let's not mince words with this one. There is no audience whatsoever 
for a cyborg movie. <laughs> Nobody. Nobody. I am not comparing the two. However, you could yeah. have said there was no audience for Guardians. Because nobody fucking knew who Guardians was. That's true, though. But nobody saw Guardians before. Nobody had ever seen them to actually know right. that they didn't care. Yeah. You know what I mean? We've seen Justice League. Nobody in their right mind saw Justice League and went, that character, I want to see more of him. He seems so charismatic and intriguing. I really like the dynamics of his, his interpersonal relationships and his character arc. More, please. But if we were supposed to, if we were going to get a decent filmmaker and do a interesting spin on the character, you don't know what that film could be like. Like, Aquaman in Justice League is different to the Aquaman we got in James Wan. Mm. In James Wan's films. Yeah, but I do remember a time when Joss Whedon was tasked with finishing off a Justice League movie and, and an Avengers movie and didn't really turn out well. What's your point? That's not the argument we're making. Well, you said if you got the right filmmaker with the material, you could... It clearly was not the right filmmaker for that material. <laughs> but then you get someone like James Wan and it actually fits. Okay, no, My no, point no. is that you can get someone decent and make a decent cyborg film. David Fincher? <clears throat> you might as well just say Chris Nolan, you fucking fan. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> Jesus. Speaking of amazing filmmakers. Go on. Park Chan-wook. Yes. Doing a Western. Yeah, I heard. Loves me some Park Chan-wook. As do I. Uh, Isn't he doing it with someone cool? This was it. Hang on. It is uh, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Who's being so- Apparently there'll be two A-listers. They want two A-listers. Uh, Matthew McConaughey is one of them. And Kevontaine Wallace. Uh, well, the other one very well could be. Um, I had wondered why I hadn't heard anything of Park Chan-wook for a couple of years, obviously since The Handmaiden. Mm. Um, and it's because I have still yet to get around to watching The Little Drummer Girl. Same, which yeah. is, is that, and that's Florence uh, Pew Pew, and yeah, and, and Mark Shannon, and is it Skarsgård in that? Skarsgård, yeah, it is, Skarsgård? yeah, yeah. Well, um, Ace the film he's doing is The Brigands of Rattle Creek, which mm. is sounds a very sort Western-y. of a title that only Park Chan Wook could pull off. I think. I mean, I think so. How goddamn good is Stoker? Great. Stoker is such a good movie. Captain Cold, he can write a script. <laughs> he really can, can he? <laughs> oh, good old went with Miller. So let's see what else we've got. Oh, uh, New Mutants. There's apparently more fuel on the fire this week that uh, New Mutants is going to be on the Disney Plus service. Never in cinemas. Oh, is that official as well now? It's not official. It, it, it was rumoured rumor. about ten, 10 days, two weeks ago. It's now been... Given three or four new rumours to that effect as well. Right, okay. Yeah. I think, yeah, before the the Disney Fox deal was mm-hmm. all but confirmed, and I think everyone just thought, this is going to be snapped up by Netflix. Oh, yeah, I think that was the the, the assumption. But uh, this is the thing. They, they have talked about, the, the, apparently there are still reshoots planned for it. Mm. There are still reshoots that they haven't done. Now, there is a source, there is a rumour out there that the reshoots that are still set to go on are mm. to include Daphne Keane. From Logan. Really? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's a very strange uh, scenario, this whole New Mutants thing. It is officially still on the Fox release schedule with a non-specific date. It does not have a date, but it is on the schedule. Now, obviously, Fox doesn't exist as of two minutes past midnight uh, East Coast time in the US last night. So, not that I was counting down every single Did you have a little party? Did you have, like... You know, a little glass of champagne. I may have gone through the archives to find every single female character I could under the Fox banner to celebrate them becoming a Disney princess mm. at the rate of one per hour. That may have been something I did. So this has officially happened now? 
got uh, Fox is Disney now. Wow. I mean, Fox exists as a company. Yeah. But Fox, for all intents and purposes, is a company in the same way Lucasfilm is a company. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. They're not putting out their own films. Disney Disney are releasing them. So, you know, and I'm not saying that's a good thing or a bad, but yeah, it's good. Anyway, um, the other thing is, though, I mean, this is going to go to Disney Plus, by all accounts. Can't we just stick Dark Phoenix there as well? I think they have got too much invested in it. Well, they spent the... they spent more money, way more money than <laughs> New Mutants. Like the stars that we've got involved in that. I'm pretty sure that they I are just well. releasing it at this stage purely just to not hurt Simon Kinberg's feelings because he's been part of the Pantheon <laughs> for so long and he's finally gotten to direct one. And he's a Star Wars producer, yes, yeah. But uh, the I believe it was the head of marketing for Fox this week came out and said, "Well, all this merger talk. To be honest with you, it's been really unfair to new, to uh, Dark Phoenix, okay. and it's it's really hurt the project. And you can't help but step back and think. I don't know. I think maybe everything we saw in the trailer may have hurt the project a lot more. Or alternatively, could be one of your lead characters dying. In a yeah, film. yeah, mm, yeah. Or alternatively, maybe you doing that story again and cocking it up again, again. having cocked it up before. Maybe that hurt it a bit. It more. just it feels like they already knew, but it was a sinking ship. So they were like, <laughs> "Let's just do Dark Phoenix and try to redeem it." I mean, let's just do that again. Yeah. Why not? What else are we going to do? The Fox X-Men universe is going to die with a whimper, not a bang. And I don't think anyone can see the Dark Phoenix trailer. And That's a shame, because from these rebooted ones, those first two yeah, were good. Yeah, Days of Future Past, I thought was terrific. Really good. Uh, I thought uh, 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 First Class, the one that has MacGyver in it, I thought that was really good. <laughs> you love MacGyver. Yeah, Mutant MacGyver. You yeah. know, that was awesome. <laughs> I enjoyed it as well. I even enjoyed the Take That song that's part of the soundtrack. Oh my God, yeah, I forgot At about that. At the end. That yeah. love... Love, love, or... Is it kids? No. At the end. Oh. Give, give me love, or... I think that's the one, isn't it? I don't know. Anyway. Completely different song. But speaking of British boy bands, who was your favourite uh, boy band, by the way? I was meant to ask. Of all the boy bands, who's your favourite? Favourite British? Or no, just, just of general. All the, of all the boy yeah, bands. ever. But do, do you have a favourite? I like boys to men. You like boys to I men? I like boys to men. Yeah. I'm, do you know what? Take that, pretty great. Yeah. I I've seen them in concert. They were very good. That Take That? Yeah. When was this? Oh, 2005. The, uh, the wow. support act was the Sugar Bags. Yeah. Whoa. So 2005, that's like when they just got back together. Yeah, they just, I, I went to that, yeah. Oh, that is amazing. Was it really good? Actually, it was pretty good, yeah. And Lulu appeared, and yeah. Um, and I what? Just... Really? You oh. buried the lead on that. Yeah. Well, the thing I remember she, is... She, she lit the fire. It was, Mil- it was Milton Keynes Bowl. And uh, I, they had these urinals. You know those urinals that are like green barrels with a bit cut out of them? Yes. And they, they come up to about waist height. Mm. Well, they were on a hilltop overlooking the venue. So right. I was literally stood with my junk in my hand, <laughs> urinating whilst the sugar babes were performing in front of me. Very strange moment. Weird. But uh... That would dissolve very quickly if you just <laughs> pissing on sugar babes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we all know uh, sugar babes are soluble. But... <laughs> <laughs> no, the reason I ask, uh, my favourite boy band is Blue. And, uh... Really? They're named after their favourite colour, green. That is my favourite joke from the Mad Buscocks from Mark Lamar said. I miss Mark Lamar <laughs> so much. 
Oh, good lord. He influenced my sense of humour so much growing up. Anyway, um... I love the one episode where I think Sam Ansel is there as a guest and Mark Lamar is still there as a host. Ooh, I've never seen that one. It's, it's really good, but like you see them, yeah, just together and he goes up to him and he's like, my boy. Like that. My favourite ever, Mark Lamar, never mind the Buzzcocks gag. And because nobody can deliver those like Mark Lamar. Even Simon Amstor couldn't deliver them mm. like Mark. He was very good, but he wasn't Mark Lamar. Mark Lamar. Um, my favourite ever, Mark Lamar Buzzcocks gag was always cameo frontman Lester Blackman was known for wearing a codpiece which if you're not familiar with them is a piece of shaped rubber that you wear over your crotch and if you're listening Peter Andre you're not supposed to marry it (laughs) which I thought was just fucking hilarious Um, no Blue apparently have done an advert for Boilers right yeah why I, I don't know I mean, they need the money, obviously. Yeah, but, uh, they did the Eurovision thing three years ago, didn't they? <laughs> they did. Which I still maintain, if you listen to the studio edit, is actually a pretty decent track. Um, but, not beside the point... You're a genuine Blue fan. <sighs> Bitch, please. What do we call you people? Blueies? <laughs> Smurfs. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a Blue fan, you're a Smurf. That's how it works. Navi. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, they, they did an advert for Boilers, and they somehow did not incorporate the song All Rise. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. That's just stupid. Missed the trick. Yeah. I liked the, the cover of uh, Sit Down On It was on the DFS. Was it DFS? You get that down on it. Yeah. yeah. Get yeah. down on it. Oh, man. Genius. But actually, the reason that popped into my head was when I was driving over here earlier, uh, their cover of Sorry seems to be the hardest word play because I was driving <laughs> right. on the parkway. And I'm not going to deny that I was sat in traffic smoking a vape with the roof down listening to... Lee Ryan sing sorry is the hardest word. But uh, I bet so... you sobbed. So much. <laughs> uh, the Terminator sequel is officially Dark Fate. Alright, that's a Did that's you a care? What, uh, that there was going to be a title or a Terminator sequel? That it exists. Uh, I think I do because, you know, she's back. That's cool. Yeah. Linda Hamilton, right? I know, but... And um, isn't, isn't Ghost Rider the Ghost new Terminator Rider. from Agent of Shield? Isn't he... Oh, you're Gabrielle Luna? Is it Gabrielle Luna? I think so. I think it's... Yeah, which is pretty interesting. We had about four actors named Gabrielle turn up, turn up at the yeah. same time. And then Gabrielle came back for a second. Yeah, yeah, very well, true. She's, yeah. she's got new music. And, and she's on the soundtrack to uh, Captain Marvel as well, isn't she? Yeah, uh, she is, yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, Kevin Sujihara uh, left Warner Brothers this week. Yeah, uh, so he's he's redacted as well now. Yeah, sorry, he's redacted. Sorry, yes, yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, if you're gonna get mired in, uh, in in a you know an extramarital, somewhat shady sexual you know controversy, maybe do it with someone with some talent. But, Who did you do? Who did you uh, do? Charlotte Kirk, who's, who's so unimpressive. <laughs> I mean, I did know. I did look at the list. And I did know, but uh, I'm no. I'm looking this person. By all Charlotte means, Kirk. Charlotte Kirk. By the way, did you know Movie Pass is back? I did. Yeah, um, I obviously every time something happens with Movie Pass, I just take a screenshot or copy the link and send it straight over to Colson because I know that it, it gives him such great amusement. Uh, in fact, while I was in New York, I was walking down Broadway. There is a massive corner of Broadway that Movie Pass have just covered with their own signage, oh. and you can't help but think maybe that's why you're going under. They have brought back their uncapped plan. You know the thing that started all this? Mm. The see whatever movies you want thing. They brought that back, <laughs> apparently. How they're affording it, I don't know. Is, no. is this just an American thing now? Or is it now oh, it is. No, we've never had a yeah. movie in the UK, I don't think. We have another one. Don't we have Cinemia? Oh, yeah. Cinemia, I think, in this country. Is That's going back. 
But uh, it's still going. Cinemia still exists. Um, rumor of the week for back for the Batman. Oscar yeah. Isaac. <laughs> oh, that was two weeks ago. Oh, of course. Yeah, you got to keep up. Rob Pattinson was a week before. No, it wasn't Rob last week. I thought he was last week. Oscar was the week before. Yeah, uh, Hall was before. the week before that, I believe. No, that was Army Hammer. Oh, was that Army Hammer? That Army oh, I'm Hammer. sorry, I'm getting confused. Who's got this week? The Batman. Timothy Chalamet. No, this week we've just got a setting of the no. 1990s <laughs> because Bruce Wayne will be played by the 90s. Yeah. Well, God forbid that there's anything they don't try and lift out of the Marvel popularity. I'm going to say someone, someone's a bloody Brie Larson fan. Yeah. I, was, I mean, that's a bit transparent, isn't it? 90s Gotham. Opening week of. Uh, Opening week of Captain Marvel. Uh, we're doing a 90s set Batman. Okay. Friendly rivalry. That's all it I'm is. I'm sure that is. I'm sure that is. Distinguished competition. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the thing. Okay. So, the, set, the, 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 the suggestion here by latest rumours is uh, the film's setting would be the 90s and they want to cast a well-known actor in his late 20s to early 30s as the next Bruce White. So, what's the news in that bit other than the 90 setting mm. other than it's going to be a well-known actor in his late 20s, late 20s early 30s. early 30s but and also if you're going to do one set in the 90s let's have some fun and use the 90s bat suit let's use the Burton bat suit and the Burton Batmobile of things that'd be awesome like that's a, that's about my movie I want mm. you do that you have my money I mean you got my money anyway because you know you can't <laughs> not see it but, but maybe Maybe mm. this is it, though. Maybe Keaton will come back, like, de-aged. <laughs> oh, God. Well, oh, it, God. It, it worked on that other film set in the 90s, didn't it? <laughs> you know? And what's that called, man? What's that called? Captain Rival Company. That's what it's Captain called. <laughs> so, uh, you know Lorenzo de Bonaventura? Uh, him of producing fame. Yeah, I've actually been in a room with him a few times. It sounds like a Spanish island, doesn't it? Well, it does, does a bit. Does does sound like some... So sounds like a tax what? Sounds like a tax haven. It does sound it? like a tax haven. Oh, I've uh, I've uh, I've hidden my assets in Lorenzo de Bonaventura. <laughs> yeah. It does, but um Oh crap. Oh, crap. <laughs> I shouldn't have told him. <laughs> I shouldn't have had secret customers, secret accounts. So, um apparently, according to Lorenzo de Bonaventura, um Transformers Six is still happening. Yeah, and it's gonna be better than ever before. Uh, no. Despite the fact that everyone really enjoyed Bumblebee, there was no Macabre. Well, it is, but if you if you take it back to the original, you know, style and no one cares. We've got Bumblebee now. We've seen <laughs> that these cares. things can be good. Yeah, yeah. When you remove the bay, <laughs> yeah, we've seen what happens when you pull out of the bay. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, Doesn't he just want to go do other things at this point? Ooh, Michael Bay. Yeah, blow up a supermodel or something. I don't even know, know what Michael Bay's doing at the moment. Isn't he doing Duke Nukem? What do you think he's doing right now? Was it? Oh, he's down as a producer, wasn't he? He's a producer, I think. About Platinum, Platinum Dunes. Yes, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His, his label that seems to produce nothing but crap horror movies. And Quiet Place. And, and A Quiet Place, yeah. yeah. Which is <laughs> depressing. That really is depressing. Exceptions to rule. Have you heard this, that Aaron Paul... Uh, despite having gone and filmed a Breaking Bad movie, refuses to confirm that it exists. Yeah, but I was confused because didn't they say that it had been filmed? Or Apparently it has been filmed. I felt like it was an official thing. Like Vince Gillen said it, it had happened or something, or it was happening. And... Perhaps I don't know. Oh, Annabelle 3 has a trailer. Uh, has, a tra- has a title, sorry. Yeah, isn't it really good? Annabelle Comes Home. 
That's that's a good title. <laughs> that is the most Yorkshire I've ever heard you say. Interior cut. <laughs> oh, ain't that right good? That old <laughs> right. Scott title. Th- this got a bit buried. I love this news. We are going to have it's got a bit buried with Ryan Reynolds on on the net on a popular Netflix series. Mm. We are going to see a long-awaited cast reunion that I have I've longed to see for many years. Which is Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner are going to be reteaming in on the Kaminsky method. No way. Yep. Did you watch that? No, I've not seen it yet. You should. I really enjoyed it. I watched it in a day. Right. Who really do you cast? It. Who do you cast as Marilyn Monroe for a biopic? Uh, Michelle Williams, because she's always done it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. When Michelle Williams is busy, <laughs> I don't know. Who did he um, get? Anna Diarmas. I don't think I know who that is, but I've heard that name. Uh, what do I know from? Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Oh yeah, hologram chick. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Anna Diarmas. Okay, aka reason I get out of bed in the morning just because she exists. I just want to live in a world in which Anna Diarmas yeah. exists. You would like to breathe the same air? I, I, yes, I would. Yeah, I would like to breathe the same air as Anna Diarmas. <laughs> also, I'll be really honest. Knock knock is basically a porno to me. So, oh, she's in that as well. She's one of the two women in and the other lady the one was married to Eli, Eli Roth's wife who's name... ex-wife ex-wife mm. oh I, I sound like a really like gossipy like, yeah. like well whatever. you know I'll be really honest I, I mm. can't keep track of Eli Roth's coming and goings because well Zach Kinto exists but they are not the same person we're sure about that are we we are Okay, I'm just Z- saying. Zach Kinto has you gone have... and made a show for the History Channel. Look, you've never seen them in a photo together. That's all I'm saying. You're gonna try and find one. I now, bloody am. Yeah. Uh, Forrest Gump is getting remade as a Bollywood film. <laughs> Your face. <laughs> That's actually true. Why wasn't that the first thing we said? Why didn't we lead with that? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Uh, let's see. We're getting a film in which Captain Ahab is. I've, gonna... I've generally forgot what I was about to type in. Uh, Zach Kinto. Zach Kinto, Eli Roth. Right. There is a movie called The Great Eastern being developed based on a new novel. It is the story of the rivalry between Captain Nemo and Captain Ahab. Wow. Yeah. Okay. There's, there's, uh, that's right. a thing that exists. Okay. Uh, Annabelle come uh, come home. We know about that. Um, that is going to be out on June twenty eighth, apparently, and it will also form the directorial debut of Gary Dalberman, who is a terrible writer. Who somehow yeah, what has he been? Wolves at the door. Remember uh, Wolves at the door? I believe it was Kermode's worst film of the year. Yes, that year. it was. Yeah, <laughs> I was sat behind him during that. He was playing the ass. <laughs> feel like Eli Roth looks a little bit like that fire Festival guy as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just like a slimmed down version of him. Yeah, it could be. Or he could just look like Jason Schwartzman. Type in... Do you ask a good point? Type in this in. It's just giving me a list of, like, Hollywood (laughs) lookalikes. Okay. So, like, um, who have we got here? Uh, Logan Marshall, Green, Mm. and uh, Tom Hardy. Oh. Javier Bardem. Oh, and... well, yeah, yeah, Logan Marshall Green and Tom Hardy. We, we know, yeah. uh, basically the same person. Mm. Uh, Javier Bardem and Negan. What's his face? Oh, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Morgan. Morgan. JDM, man. JDM. You mean John Winchester, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, can I tell you about an upcoming TV series that adapts a popular, well, a briefly popular movie from 1999? We'll do, but first I will show you this picture of Zach Hinto and Eli Roth in the same room. Oh, you motherfucker. 
Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Back to this thing. Okay. Um, we are getting, I don't know if you're aware of this, um, an NBC series adaptation of Jeffrey Deaver's novel series based around the character of Lincoln Rhyme, um, who we have, we have previously had as a feature film, in which Lincoln Rhyme was played by Denzel Washington. You may also remember this as one of the first big movies to feature Angelina Jolie. Oh. Bone Collector. Bone Collector. Have you heard who the cast is? No, what? Oh. They're oh. remaking Bone Collector. Bone Collector is going to be a TV series for NBC. It's going to be called Lincoln. After Lincoln Rhyme. Mm. Right. The Angelina character? Ariel Kebble. This makes me very happy. This pleases me greatly. Um, Russell Hornsby is going to play oh. Lincoln Rhyme. And the part that I love more than anything is the role played by Ed O'Neill in Bone Collector, Michael Imperioli. Amazing. Yeah, I thought you'd like that somehow. Yeah, I was yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, that's going to be uh, an interesting one. I would assume that's going to be for fall. If we're talking about that now, you'd assume that's for September, wouldn't you? Yeah, you'd yeah. assume so, yeah. yeah. God, the Bone Collector's great film. Good, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know the part that pisses me off about the movie? I'm sure I've told you this before. What? The trailer for that movie features a line of dialogue played as a voiceover by the killer saying the words, I gave you every clue and you failed. And it is very, very obvious that the person delivering that line, Mm. well, the voice, is Leland Orser. Yeah. Yeah. Which was a bit annoying because Leland Orser was kind of everywhere about about that point. You know, it was not long after he Very was in Bad ER Things. as well, wasn't he? He was, yeah. yeah. Very Bad Things, Star Trek Voyager, Seven, kind you know. Everywhere, yeah. yeah, he was around all God, the time. God, I forgot he was in Seven. He was, wasn't he? Yeah. He was the guy with the uh, evil strap on, I believe. Yes, he was. Yeah. Was it evil strap on? Is that what it was? Yeah. <laughs> evil strap on. Uh, my uh, first band as well. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, Tyler Sex, though. <laughs> but, uh, oh, yeah. And by the way, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, very happy that that's got another season. Oh, of course. Yeah, I'm really enjoying season six. We are getting a series of short films to celebrate the 40th anniversary of Alien. That's another thing that's happening. Uh, These apparently all have uh, individual directors, release dates, uh, plot synopses. And the annoying thing is... (sighs) Nobody cares. Oh, I know, I know. Right, let me just see. I'm going to read you the first sentence of each of these and you tell me if you spot any kind of repetition so the first one Hope an abandoned crew member aboard the derelict chemical hauler Otranto move to the next one four survivors find themselves stranded aboard a small escape pod next one the surviving crew of a damaged deep space harvester next one when a missing space trucker is discovered hungover and disoriented next one as a hard working miner of planet mining next one Uh, it's the night shift in a colony greenhouse they seem to be very repetitive and similar, don't they? Mm. Mm, yeah, funny that. Uh, James Bond's going to drive an electric car. Yeah. We're out of news. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> electric What's Aston- the point? Electric Aston Martin. That's going to be a thing. So. Yeah, I know. We, we used to give you interesting news. Uh, well, we talked about uh, the uh, Scott Derrickson teasing Namor last week. I looked into that, by the way, after we had that conversation. Namor is subject to the same issue that they had with Hulk. Hulk. So it would make sense yeah. for Namor to come as like a supporting yeah, character. Why, th- that, it's, that it's been dropped in that way makes yeah. absolute sense. Exactly. Because I don't remember many years ago, there was a rumour that you, when the MCU was starting up, there was a rumour <laughs> that Universal were preparing a Namor film. And, there was, yeah. And that they were circling Zephron for it. 
Yeah, that and that was... would have been ace. And then I presume that's what became Baywatch. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Clearly. Yeah. Zephon Narrow's name all would be great. Still, well. yeah, I'd watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Also, just imagine the chemistry between uh, Zephron and, and, and Benny, Cumber- Benny Cumberbatch. <clears throat> Do you know who I might actually get? Go on. Oscar Isaac. Uh, another rumour for a while was Luke Evans. He was one. I think I told you, Age. Not not really a rumour, but yeah. like, that's who I would catch. Oh, right. No, I think yeah. I think I did hear it as a rumour at one point. But then, That'd be good. Yeah. Yeah, I could like see that. that. He'd I could definitely in. see that. He has an established uh, relationship with Disney. Yeah. That's the thing, yeah. You've got to think like and in Because Fast and Furious. Yeah. Ah. Oh, he's Possibly pleased him. both daddies. Yes, he has. Oh. oh. Um, well, in that case, where is my Jason Statham as Captain Britain? <laughs> or or like Union Jack or someone. Isn't Taron Egerton the one they keep mentioning for... Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, for Captain Britain. I'd want someone like a little older. Probably like in their 30s. No, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, we didn't talk about the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard last week. No, we didn't. And how it's got Richard E. Grant returning as that character from the first one. He's in that film for like 90 seconds. Yeah, he's coming back again. So they're basically doing what they did with the black Rasta guy from Speed. Oh, right, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, Antonio Banderas has joined the cast as well. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Intriguing. But hit him and Sam Hyatt again. Yes. Oh, I like that very much. Ooh, that yes. is. I like that, yeah. Oh. Hang on, has Banderas ever been in the movie with Sam Jackson before? It's got to have happened. That has got We've both to have been happened. in a lot of films. Yeah. yeah. Um, in the meanwhile, uh, the director of Short Term 12, Destin Daniel Cretton. God, we didn't talk about it. I, I we did. I think I this know. happened maybe the day, the day of the before, last show. Yeah, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, is uh, directing a. A model, sh- Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, well, this is the thing. That's that, coming together fast. Yeah. I, f- I feel like that is because of The Guardian's Void. I think that's part of it. Like but that, Eternals. There is that, but I think a lot of it is the uh, the filling of... Because, I mean, a lot, a lot of the things being announced at the moment are, you know what, there are clear gaps in the diversity of this stuff. Crazy, crazy Let's changes. get them filled. Made loads of money. Yeah. Black Panther did amazing for us. There's still that niggling Iron Fist issue uh, you know, that everyone had, which is, hang on, how did you not just modify this for the 21st century and actually cast an Asian actor? Oh, exactly, yeah. It would have made more sense. This seems like, do you know what? We were let's that. address that. Yeah. Netflix cocked up, let's address it on the film yeah. front. That's fine. Yeah. I mean... As long, as long as it's Henry Golding, I'm fine. That's all I'm saying. I hate you because last week, hmm. oh, I hate that you just said that. <laughs> last week, yeah. I said that to my wife. Oh! I, I said, I'm calling Henry Golding. Yes! And I was going to text you yeah. and say, I'm putting a tenner on it. Yeah, because the dude double the dude double headed crazy rich Asians and a simple favour within about two months yeah. and still hasn't had that big mega role that they always get afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, although uh, he's, Wu he's at least either. yeah, yeah. probably amazing. Odd. She's like in it as well because they're, they're going for like obviously a very heavy like Asian Asian American cast. Yeah, and I think yeah. Henry Golding would be amazing. He could either do it or he'll just be like in it or be like a villain or something. Although or... I'd be happy with him as Batman. Just saying. <sighs> oh, that'd be cool. I know. Yeah. Um, so Shang Chi is uh, <clears throat> is a kung fu character. I mean, the actual comic series followed the plot of kung fu. Yeah. Of David Carradine's Kung Fu, isn't he? And uh, <clears throat> his power is the ability to create an infinite number of replicas of himself. Yeah, which is a very cool power. Very cool. Yeah. But also, it's just like think that, of a... What's, what's, what, it was an X-Men character was like that. The one that um, James Franco was going to mm, be Yeah, it begins with M, doesn't it? Magnus, Mag... Oh. It's like Multiply Man or something. Multiple Man. That's Multi- it. <laughs> it is Multiple Man. Multiple yeah, man. that's the imaginative title he has. Yeah. So, uh, Dave Callahan 
who's written Wonder Woman 1984. Mm. Who, incidentally, Chinese American. Mm. He's uh, he's uh, writing the script for it, and apparently he's going to update it for modern audiences. The whole focus is going to be, we need to bring this character into the 21st century. century. So, yeah. Apparently, Marvel are going to assemble a largely Asian-American and Asian cast, as you say. They're, they're going big on it. And, uh, well, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. As am I. I mean... This is a really interesting one. Give me a Doctor Strange cameo in there, because that would work. Yes. That would absolutely work. Definitely. But, uh, mm. so, like, after a while of us all just being like, what are they going to do next? <laughs> after after Far From Home. And it's it's got to be, like, weeks away, but we have, like, an official announcement. Oh, of God. Just like, here it is. Here's going to be here, a keynote, isn't there? Here is our dick. <laughs> here is our big throbbing dick notice the circular x logo on the end you know that, that's clearly what it's going to be although you know i mean if it's not henry golding my only question for marvel is where will they find a uh, an asian american actor named chris but you know because <laughs> we all know that's the marvel rule well, that's about it for me this week. Have you got anything left? Anything in the tank? I am all out. That's fair then. Yeah. In which case, here it is. Your moment of cage. What's in the bag? A shark or something? 